Well, today we're concluding our message series, uh, which we've called New Life. And in this uh, series, we're looking at Jesus presenting the gospel as he encounters different kinds of people. Now, the word gospel in the Greek, it, it really means good news. And so the gospel is actually the best news that has ever been heard in the world. The gospel is that God loves you. God so loved the world. He loves the people of the world. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to forgive people and give them a new life. A new life that's going to last forever. And all somebody needs to do is to put their faith in Jesus Christ and commit their lives to him. And so everything that Jesus did on this earth was directed towards saving sinners. Luke 19.10 I encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin to follow along. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so as believers, our goal should be the same as Jesus. If we are followers of Jesus, we ought to follow what he did. He came to seek and to save the lost, and we are to do the same. When, you, when we wake up as believers in the morning, we should be praying, how can I seek the lost today? I must confess I don't do that every morning. But I'm going to do better. When we go to bed at night, we should be praying for the lost to be saved. Who do we know that is lost, who is far from God, who is not in a Bible-believing church? uh, Seeking to save the lost. Now today, my message is entitled, Finding Forgiveness. We're going to see Jesus offering forgiveness to another person. Actually, another person with a bad reputation. You see, Jesus really, he doesn't care about a person's past life. It's not the end of the world, no matter how much sin they've done, no matter how far they are from God. Jesus wants to forgive and give them a new life. He wants the old life to be gone. He wants to bring new life. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And whether you're a believer or not here this morning, all of us are included in that word all. We all have sinned. We all are in need of forgiveness. We all needed a new life. And when you're forgiven by Jesus, when you begin to realize how much he loves you and what he did for you, you're motivated to love him back. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Jesus Christ initiated loving us by coming to this world Dying on the cross for us. And we love him back for what he did for us. And if we really love him. If we really love Jesus with all of our hearts. With all of our minds. With all of our souls. Then we're going to join him. In his mission of seeking the lost. And we all need to grow in that. Today we're going to be looking at a story from Luke chapter 7. Where Jesus encounters two people. A Pharisee. And a sinful woman. And we're going to learn more about what new life means by looking at four questions that come out of this chapter. First of all, what does new life look at, look like? Our story begins in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him, that is Jesus, to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And so in these verses, we're introduced to two people that Jesus is going to encounter 
in this story. First of all, we encounter a Pharisee. And we'll learn later on the story that his name is Simon. And Simon is throwing a dinner party at his house. And he has invited Jesus, a fairly well-known person at the time, to come. Now, who were the Pharisees? The Pharisees were a group of Jews who were well-versed in the Old Testament Scriptures. They were teachers of the law, and they taught that one was made right with God through keeping the Old Testament laws. And they thought that is what made them righteous. And, and the Pharisees avoided interaction with anyone they deemed as a sinner because that sinner would contaminate them with their sin, would contaminate them with their unrighteousness, would defile them. And so they wanted to stay away from sinners. Now in those days, as opposed to the way we eat with chairs around a table, people reclined at around a dinner table. The table wasn't very high. They reclined on couches around there and their feet extended away from the table. And when the dinner was thrown for a famous person like Jesus, the doors of the house generally were open for onlookers to kind of come in or be in the shadows and listen in on the conversation. But we see, and in a Pharisee's house, generally sinners were not welcomed. And so we see an uninvited guest appearing. A woman of the city, it says, a sinner. And this undoubtedly means, those were nice ways of saying that she was known as a prostitute. She'd heard that Jesus, whom we'll see she must have previously met, was at the Pharisee's house, and so she came uninvited with a flask, an alabaster flask of anointment. And what happened next threw the whole dinner party into a turmoil. Verse 8, and standing, um, clicked the wrong button there, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, wiping them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. And so rather than standing back in the shadows, this, this woman came forward right to where all the important invited guests were, and she stood at Jesus' feet, and she began to weep. And everyone, I'm sure, was staring at her, what is this woman doing? And then she let her hair down, which was never done in public in those days. That was a sign of a sinful, wanton woman, she let her hair down and began wiping his feet with her hair. And as the crowd was looking aghast at what she was doing, she began kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now, what was this ointment? Now, this wasn't something bought at Walmart. In those days, this probably was an ointment called nard, and in a flask of nard would have sold for a year's wages. And so it was a very expensive, extravagant thing that she was doing. And what did Jesus do to stop her? Nothing. He let her continue. He accepted everything she was doing. He didn't say a word. And so as we're going to see as we go through this story, the, the answer to our question, what does new life look like, we're seeing demonstrated by this sinful woman an extravagant love for Jesus. This woman didn't care what anybody else thought. She didn't care what anybody else said. She was determined to demonstrate her love for Jesus. And the only way that she knew how. 
And so the question we need to ask ourselves this morning is, how are we demonstrating an extravagant love for Jesus? Do we let what other people may think, do we let what other people may say keep us from showing our love for Jesus? How can we follow this woman's example? Well, the woman was worshiping Jesus through an outpouring of extravagant love. We worship by... And she was letting other people know. It wasn't done in secret. She was letting other people know how much she loved Jesus as well as showing Him her great love. And so we worship by letting others who aren't even believers know of our love for Jesus by not keeping that love silent or covered up. We worship by giving in different ways to the body of Christ, to Jesus' church. We worship by ministering to others who need to feel and experience Jesus' love. So let's ask God to help us individually and as a church family to grow in extravagant love for Jesus. Our next question is, what determines your love for Jesus? Verse 39, when, now when the Pharisee who had invited him, that's Jesus, saw this, the woman doing what she did, he, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And so this Pharisee was appalled. She was appalled both at this woman's behavior and Jesus' lack of intervention. Not only was this woman a prostitute, her carrying on with Jesus appeared somewhat erotic. I mean, it was just totally out of place. It was in very poor taste. No good Pharisee would have anything to do with a woman like that, let alone permit her to touch them and kiss their feet and do all kinds of stuff in public. So Jesus answered the Pharisee in verse 40. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Jesus replied, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Jesus now calls this Pharisee by name. His name is Simon. He proceeds to tell a story. The two debtors in the story owed the money lender differing amounts. One was 500 denarii, which is equivalent to about 20 months of wages. It's a lot of money. And the other 50 denarii, which is about two months of salary. And the money lender canceled the debts of both debtors. And Jesus then asked the key question, which of these two debtors will love the lender more? And Simon probably doesn't realize at this point that Jesus is telling the story to, to basically expose him and his attitude. So he answers, and Simon answers in the next verse and says, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, Jesus said, you have judged rightly. And so what was the point of Jesus' story? Jesus was answering the question, what determines your love for Jesus? And the answer is, an awareness of my great sin forgiven. The debtor with the largest debt forgiven will love the forgiver the most. The debtor who believes they have little to be forgiven of is going to love the least. 
So how does that apply to us? How can we grow in our love for Jesus? As we go on with the story, we're going to see that this extravagant love of the woman is what Jesus desires for us to follow, to emulate. And in this short parable, Jesus gives us the key to having a great love for him. The key is to humble ourselves and to see the greatness of the sin we have been forgiven of. Now, the Pharisee, what he did, he compared himself to the sinful woman. This woman is a prostitute. She slept with all these men, and I'm an upright, uh, law-abiding Jew for the most part. I only did a few small sins, and I say, I'm much better. And so the Pharisee's pride got in the way of appreciating Jesus' love and loving him back. And so we must look at our own sin rather than comparing ourselves to other people. Rather than doing that, who should we compare ourselves to? We should compare ourselves to Jesus, who did not sin at all. And then we can begin to see the magnitude of our own sin. And when we look at what Jesus has rescued us from, our sin, eternal destiny in hell forever, we can grow in our love and appreciation for him. So our next question is, because we're going to focus on Simon here as Jesus is going to, is what, what are the symptoms of pride? So Jesus continues and he addresses Simon. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. And so Jesus is contrasting the behavior of Simon, the dinner host, with this sinful woman, the uninvited guest. And the three behaviors that Jesus mentioned were things that were normally expected in hospitality of a dinner host for his guest, especially for a special guest. And what was expected? Well, in those days they wore sandals, the roads were dusty. It was common practice for the host to offer a basin of water for them to have their feet washed. Expected hospitality was a kiss of welcome on the cheek. And the third normal hospitality was an anointing of the head of a guest with, with olive oil. And so Simon had not even fulfilled, fulfilled the normal customs of the day to honor a respected guest like Jesus. The sinful woman, on the other hand, had fulfilled these three customs in an extravagant display of love for Jesus. And so Jesus is contrasting the Pharisee with this woman. And so the symptoms of pride which were displayed by Simon, the Pharisee, were little love for Jesus or for others. And so Jesus had just pointed out that, that Simon hadn't displayed the love and hospitality to himself, to Jesus. He hadn't treated him rightly. And not only had Simon shown little love for Jesus, he had nothing but disdain for this woman. Simon considered her such a sinner, he wanted nothing to do with her, and he surely wished that she had not come and ruined his dinner party. 
And so what do we have with Simon? With Simon, we have a, a negative example, someone we are not to be like. We have already spoken about how comparing our sins with others is detrimental to realizing the magnitude of our sin. We, we, when we think our sin is small, we have little love or appreciation for Jesus. When we think our sin is small in comparison to others, we tend to be prideful and want nothing to do with people we see as greater sinners. And yet God would have us realize that, but for God's grace, we would have missed eternal life. Without God's forgiveness, we would be headed for eternal torment. So we need to pray and ask God to humble ourselves, to help us to humble ourselves and consider the great sin that each and every one of us has been forgiven of. So we are not to be like Simon the Pharisee. Our last question is, how can I be like Jesus? Jesus continues talking in verse 47. He says, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And so Jesus had just contrasted the woman's loving behavior with the coldness of Simon. And according to the parable that Jesus talked, the woman who is like the greater debtor loves the most. Why? Because she realizes her great debt has been forgiven. Undoubtedly, the woman had previously met, listened to Jesus, put her faith in him, and been forgiven. And now Jesus was announcing to the whole dinner crowd that her sins were forgiven. And they had just seen demonstrated the great love that she had for Jesus. And yet those who believe they've been forgiven little will love little just like Simon. Verse 49, And those who were at the dinner table with, at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now remember earlier in the story, Simon thought that Jesus was not even a prophet because he didn't understand who this woman was. And now those at the dinner table were questioning Jesus' identity. Why? Because they understood that only God could forgive sins. So how can Jesus forgive sins? Is he claiming to be God? And of course, he was God. And not only were the women's sins forgiven, but Jesus now makes it clear that the, the faith of the woman had saved her. Jesus then instructed her to go in peace. She was now at peace with God. Her sins had been forgiven. Her old way of life was gone. A new life had come. She would no longer be living as a prostitute. As a sinner, she'd be living for Jesus. And so what is the lesson that we can learn from Jesus' example in this story? How can we be like Jesus? We, we love sinners and tell them about Jesus. And so in this story, we have this great contrast between how Simon the Pharisee treated Jesus and how, uh, treated, uh, sorry, a great contrast between how Simon the Pharisee treated the woman and how Jesus treated her. Jesus showed her great love. He showed her great respect. He led her to faith, to believing in him, having her sins forgiven. And I believe we'll see her in heaven one day. Be interesting woman to talk to. 
Jesus is our example, and we are to love sinners as he did. We are to tell them about Jesus, the only one who can forgive their sins and give them new life. So in closing, I'd like us to watch a video that I believe will help us to understand a little more about this sinful woman and the, and the new life that she found with Jesus. The video is entitled simply, Sinful Woman. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins are forgiven, for she loved much. I have lived in Maine all my life, and all my life, it seems, has been full of heartache and disappointment. I know that the choices I've made have caused me much harm, and in turn, have caused much pain for those around me. I didn't start out that way. I mean, whoever starts with one sip of wine only to become an alcoholic. Whoever plans to give herself to one man only to be had by many. My life had spun out of control and I could find no path of escape. Until one day, a friend of mine asked me to go hear Jesus speak on the hillside. She said, he is one who teaches about love and the forgiveness of sins. Who would know about such things? But knowing that the flame in my heart had been out for so long, and knowing that I had nothing left to lose, I decided to go. Something lit up in me as I heard Jesus speak. His words were different. They were full of life and not empty promises. He spoke about the unconditional love that comes from God, a love that didn't have to be earned, a love that's full of mercy and grace, a love that doesn't judge or condemn but brings forgiveness and freedom. And that's precisely why I went to the Pharisee's house that day. I knew Jesus was there, and I just couldn't let him leave without thanking him. As I stood behind Jesus, I heard the Pharisees' familiar whisper, what's a sinner like her doing in a place like this? Only this time, I didn't listen to them. I was so moved by Jesus' presence that the tears began to fall. It's as if my heart was pouring out all my wrong choices, all my bad decisions, all my shame, 
and rejection. My soul stood bare before Jesus and I knew I was understood. I was so overcome with love for him that I knelt down and with my tears and my hair, I began to wipe his feet. I thought now would be the perfect time to give him my gift. And so I took out my jar of perfume and I poured the fragrant oil out onto his feet. Jesus turned to the Pharisees and said, I tell you this day, her many sins have been forgiven, for she has loved much. And then Jesus turned to me and told me four words that I will never forget. Your sins are forgiven. Everyone in the house began asking, who is this one who even forgives sin? And then Jesus turned to me and said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I know who this one is who forgives sin. You see, I met him, and he met me. It was there at his feet that I found forgiveness. I found my reason, and that there's reason for me. No matter the cost, I will choose to follow Jesus and worship him with all that I have for he has saved me he set me free he rebuilt me now I will build for him For those this morning that aren't sure that you have this new life that this woman found, this new life that Jesus offers, I encourage you to put your trust in Him this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute. For those who are believers, there are people all around us who need Jesus like this woman did. Let's ask God to give us opportunities to share God's love with them. And so this morning, if if you are not sure that you have this new life, that your sins are forgiven, that one day you're going to be with Jesus forever in heaven. If you're not sure of that, I encourage you to pray with me three things. Simply admit that you've sinned as this woman admitted. She was a sinner. Believe that Jesus can forgive you as he forgave this woman and finally committing your life to follow him as she did as well. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I encourage you to pray along with me. And God knows what you're praying. And if you've never prayed this before or 
perhaps you want to recommit your life. This could be the most important decision of your life this morning. What have you to lose? But to put your faith in Him. So let's pray together. Just pray along with me in your mind if you would choose to do so. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. Maybe I haven't done as wrong things as somebody else I've seen, but I have sinned. And I need your forgiveness. I ask that you forgive me. That you come into my life. I believe that you died on the cross that I might be forgiven. And I I choose to open my life to you. I commit myself to following you because I believe you have risen from the grave, that you are alive. I commit myself to following you. I don't understand it all, but I believe you're real. Thank you for coming into my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you, God, for the good news that Jesus brings, the gospel, the good news of a new life with him, the good, good news of, of sins forgiven. God, help us to reflect on the great sin that, that we've been forgiven of, that I've been forgiven of. May we display the same extravagant love that this woman did. May we not care what others think or what others say. Forgive us for trying to cover up our love for you. Forgive us when we compare our sin with others. Help us to be more like Jesus. Loving him with all of our hearts and loving our neighbor as ourselves. We pray that you'd give us opportunities to share your love with those around us, to share the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.